end zone under three. Bearcat Blitz, everybody, thank you so much for making us your first choice. Wherever you're finding podcasts, wherever you're catching us, whether that be visually or audio-wise, each and every week, I'm your host, Russ Heltman, All Bearcats reporter. Russ Heltman, you can catch us on allbearcats.com, all the UC football and basketball coverage there. Of course, joined across the way by my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver with the program from 2005 to 2008. we got a great show for you guys today. Unfortunately, we do not have a player on this week, but more time to talk about this week's game and get to some uh, some stuff that we usually don't get to get don't get to touch on when we do have the players on regarding the uh, weekly press conference, a very um, well-watched and picked-through weekly press conference this week, diving into whether or not some big changes will be made to the starting lineup for UC ahead of their matchup against UCF. A matchup that, it's just, it's crazy, Dom. Every week, the betting public just seems to love the Bearcats. They, uh, except for, well, actually, last week was one week of the last month of this month-long plus losing streak where the betters have actually not gone with the Bearcats. They got bet up to seven and a half last week, have now been bet from five and a half down to four. We'll touch on all that in the back half of the preview and such. Bring in Dominic Goodman after I tell you about bet online a really really great great supporter of the show right here and one of our top top sponsors bet online is your home for nfl mlb postseason and college football action the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week well kicked off last week and bet online is your top spot for all your nba action this season with mlb postseason nfl and college football and nhl in full swing bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online website today to get in on the action. And don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dominic, welcome in, my man. We had A very, very, I think, timely and just well-watched press conference this week for Scott Satterfield. People keying in and trying to figure out whether or not they will make a move at quarterback. I don't know if you saw the answer he gave, but it kind of seemed to me that it definitely wasn't a full-fledged endorsement of Emory Jones. And it sounded to me like Brady Lichtenberg might end up getting the start in the majority of snaps in this game, but they don't want to let the UCF coaching staff uh, know until that's that's right before kickoff or right at kickoff if they can help. Yeah. You got, you got to have them guesses. You can't just give them the whole, you can't give them the whole meal. You know what I mean? You got to give them an appetizer. So uh, it's just, um, you got to keep that stuff secret so they can't game plan around it. So when it does happen, um, they call off surprise. So they got to change their whole game plan in the middle of the game. So, I mean, he's doing it the right way, but, at the same time, you still don't know because, like he said at one point, he said they're gonna compete at practice. So right. So and he, well, here's here's the full quote for everybody, and then I'll I'll let you take it from there. Dom did some really good things for us. Satterfield said about Lichtenberg, he certainly made the case to play some. We'll continue to battle this week in practice and see where we're at with that. But certainly could foresee him getting some time in the game. Again, we're trying to do everything we can to win. So if he can get out there and if he'll give us the best chance to win, then we'll certainly go that route. We'll see how this week of practice 
goes, end quote. So like you said, playing very coy. And, and I was able to key in on a little bit of that at practice on Tuesday. I did notice Brady Lichtenberg was getting more run than I normally see out of him in certain different kind of sets, especially in red zone. So it's uh, it's very intriguing. And it's just like, like it's time, Dom. It is time. Emory Jones has been definitively one of the 25 worst passing quarterbacks in college football this season. That's where he ranks in EPA per pass play this year on 221 attempts. He is one of the 20, he's he's 22nd worst in the country in EPA per attempt. It's just not good enough. It's not even close to good enough. He's a six-year player. It's just, it's time to cut your losses. No matter if he's in the days of NIL, if he's an, a high-paid NIL player, who cares? It's a sunk cost, as they say at this point. It's like being in the NFL and continuing to roll out uh, a scrub 30-plus-year-old uh, player that you accidentally overpaid a couple years ago and having him play ahead of a guy that could be your next guy that you want to pay. So uh, to me, Dom, it it feels like some gamesmanship, and it feels like Scott Satterfield – if he would have came out and actually endorsed Emory Jones, then yeah, I would be a little bit more worried about seeing too much of Emory Jones this week. But that was far, far from an endorsement of a guy that he handpicked to come to Cincinnati less than eight months ago. Yeah, you know, I think he, I think what's going to end up happening is he might give him a shot in the game and see how it goes. Um, Are you talking about Brady or Emory? Uh, Emory. Okay. Um, just to see how it goes. I mean, it's just the last season. You know what I'm saying? So just see how it goes. And if it ain't going well in the first couple series, uh, I see him getting pulled and they putting in um, Brady. And uh, and then they're going to roll with him the whole game because you, you, you got to give him that experience. You got to get things rolling. You got to start seeing what you got. You got to see what you need to start recruiting for. You got to see who's got a chance to play and and be good because you see that right there, and then you get into spring ball. Now you got kind of a figuring out because all the seniors gone now. So um, it, I don't see, I don't see if Emory do play. I don't see him playing too much unless they win it. But the way things going, man, I don't, I don't see it happening. But who knows? I'm not the coach. I'm not making the decisions. I'm just out here giving my opinion. You know. Right. Five for nine for 47 yards, Lichtenberg was, or 48 yards, excuse me, and the passing touchdown on a throw to Aaron Turner that, I mean, that throw alone, Dominic, we haven't seen a back shoulder throw like that from Emory Jones once, really, this season. I mean, maybe once or twice, but it's fallen incomplete more more times on those kind of high difficulty, just separating your arm talent from the rest of the bunch in the NCAA type of throws. It just hasn't happened very often. And Brady Lichtenberg was able to hit the one big opportunity he had for a score in that game. And like I mentioned on the Monday show, Lichtenberg, people don't really think of him as a dual threat quarterback, but he has the speed. And I think the straight line speed, less so the agility of Emory Jones to be able to run those same running packages. But I say that about Emory Jones agility and Dom, it just feels like every week there's three or four rushes with Emory Jones where in the middle of the field, he's set up with a linebacker, he's set up with a safety, and they just somehow are always on his feet and able to get him down right at the last shoestring, the last bit of paint on his shoes. It's just been that kind of year where the split-second moments have not exactly gone right for Emory. When you were in your career, your four years, and and there was some, there was changes in the quarterback room, was there ever – ever any like wavering between you guys outside of the quarterback room and your confidence in the decision-making into the, the, the choices being made for the starter, or was it just 
kind of the guys that ended up making the starts were, were answering the bell and, and, and driving us to wins. Um, my first year, my first two years, it was like a quarterback battle, quarterback battle. They, um, uh, first year they just did one quarterback and we was going to situations where we going to a bowl game. So we threw Nick DeVille in there during our games. We was getting beat. Um, he went in there and did well. Um, and then we went on to my next year, same situation. Um, this situation, um, Nick won the battle and, um, they rolled with Nick and they was going back and forth and we made it to a bowl game. So, um, it, it, it doesn't really deteriorate. It's just all about, cause you know, they're good quarterbacks. They wouldn't be in the quarterback room if they wasn't. Right. Um, and second, um, every quarterback is different. So, um, it's just far as game planning wise for an officer, for a coach, um, um, organizing the plays, it's really important that you do come up with a decision so you can script the, script the game, how it need to be scripted for that quarterback to be successful. But um, I was like, I was talking about last, on, uh, Monday that you got to have that competition in the quarterback room. I had Dustin Grusa, great quarterback. Um, Nick Davila was a great quarterback. Tony Pike, another great quarterback. Um, and then we had Craig Carey, who was a good quarterback. And I was in the quarterback room alone. So, and then the next year, once the Villa left, we got Ben Mock in the quarterback room now. Um, got Groves in the quarterback room. You got Chaz Edison. You got Tony Pike. You got Zach Corres. Like, that's five quarterbacks that's starters. Yeah. Um, so, when it came out senior year, it was like, ah, dog, like, we can, any quarterback that goes down, we, we fine. And that's what it was. We had, that year we had, Grusin went down. Pike went down. Um, Chaz came in and played. Zach came in and played. We even had um, Demetrius Jones come in and play. Um, but it was just that um, situation at the time. But, you know, you just you just pretty much just see what you can get and see how things going to go, and you just go from there. It's tough. It's just it's, – it's one of those quarterback rooms, Dom, where you, you take Evan Prater as your gym – guy in 2020 if you're expecting him to, to develop into the next great quarterback at uc you sit him behind desmond ritter you get a lot of great experience there and then just it's i don't think it really was anything to do with evan's work ethic or anything like that it's just he had a, a freak injury here you have a misdevelopment there you got a coaching change here and then one thing after another he's in the wide receiver room and you're left with nothing there's really nothing outside of brady lichtenberg in terms of guys that you've recruited and have developed in this system over the past couple of years. I mean, it's just once Desmond Ritter left, there was never a truly bought in plan for that successorship outside of Evan Prater, which obviously that didn't work out because of the shoulder injury last year. And it's just, it, it's glaring. It is glaring. The little things that this team could have done to get wins this season can ultimately get masked and made up for with great quarterback play. But as I mentioned, bottom 25 nationally in passing as a quarterback in Emory Jones. He just has not been good enough on that front, despite UC being a top 20 rushing team in yards per game. I mean, Dom, I saw a stat from Brett McMurphy of the Action Network yesterday. The, the Bearcats have rushed for nearly 600 yards over the past two weeks. They've averaged over almost seven yards per carry among teams to average that among teams to hit those markers of like 200 or of, of 550 plus rushing over the last two weeks, they're the only team that's 0 2. The only team out of like eight or nine teams. It's just, it's insane. Just the 
the little things are not getting done by this squad right now. And it's very, very obvious. And then when you look at the fact that they had a quarterback battle down in the spring between Ben Bryant and Emory Jones, and you look, look back on that battle and you look at where these two players are today. Uh, and obviously, yeah, it was a battle because Emory Jones, Emory Jones won the battle because he is five spots w- better on the EPA chart this season among all 143 FBS quarterbacks to have at least 50 plus attempts or 96 attempts is the cutoff. He's five spots above Ben Bryant. So yeah, he won that job, but that doesn't mean it was a good option for the overall program. It just means he was the best of two bad, bad passing options. When you look at Ben Bryant this season, he's averaging negative 0.079 EPA per attempt. That's bottom 20 nationally and uh, just, just below Emory Jones out there for Northwestern. So tough years for both guys that were battling it out in the quarterback room. And I mean, I guess that's something you can say that the coaching staff did right is of the guys that were battling this year in the spring game. And they ultimately told Bryn Bryant, he wouldn't get the job and that was the correct decision, but it may have not have been the correct decision to bring in Emory Jones in the first place, but it's just so important, Dom. That's what we have to drive home in this first segment is the fact that you don't have a pipeline of quarterbacks to lean on in the recruiting portal. You're going to be left going for the bare bones in the transfer portal, the top two to three quarterbacks each year are just, in my eyes, in my opinion, never going to pick UC. Why would they pick UC? They're going to pick programs that have definitive, just strong chances to win their conference and go to the college football playoff because these top two to three transfer portal quarterbacks are trying to get to the league. They're trying to showcase their ability the best they can. And that's just kind of the, the, the position that UC was left in. And even if in and I mean, even at that point, if you're having to go for a transfer quarterback, you're already kind of playing in deadly trepidatious waters because mm-hmm. there's a reason those guys, if they're really, really good, end up transferring. And you only only get what, what, like I said, two to three of those guys that are really, really good at small schools trying to transfer up to bigger schools and go to a better opportunity. A lot of the times it's guys going to their third school, looking for a chance to start, looking for a chance to rekindle their career like Emory Jones was. And you're just... You're, you're playing with a lot more loaded guns in that situation, so to speak, than you are with uh, with a little bit of safer route in terms of being able to recruit week to week, down to down, and, and get the guys, not recruit week to week, but recruit cycle to cycle and get a pipeline of quarterbacks cooking, which they've started with four-star quarterback Samaj Jones coming in the 2024 class, the headlining quarterback for Cincinnati football. Running backs, Dom, they were down to their fifth string Running back last week and Sean Thomas sounds like Miles Montgomery will be good to go this week, and uh, and Corey Kiner also working his way back. They they were tentative with their statuses. Um, Scott Satterfield was at his press conference yesterday, but um, we'll see if those guys get back on the field Saturday. We'll have a confirmation there. Miles Montgomery though, Dom, on his touchdown run, the only touchdown for UC in that game against Oklahoma State, tracked as the tenth fastest running back in FBS this week with that run. So. The explosives can be there if the right guys are getting the touches. We'll see if the explosives in the past game can pick up as we move to a preview of Cincinnati against UCF kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Eastern at Nippert Stadium. The Bearcats, a four to four and a half point underdog, depending on where you are finding your best betting line. Dominic Goodman, Russ Elvin, we'll be back on Bearcat Blitz in just a moment right here on the Believe Network. Thank you. 
Here we go, Dom. Final team to be winless in the Big 12 will get decided this weekend. UCF, 0-5 in conference. The Bearcats, 0-6 in conference. Combined 11 straight losses for these two programs. Two programs that, it's just kind of crazy, Dom, how they were the cream of the AAC crop. And now they are all the way at the bottom of their respective new conferences. It's just crazy how the times change and crazy how it's, I would say, been a much more disappointing run for UCF than you see because Gus Malzahn's still there. Their entire team is still really there. They had the normal kind of transfer portal um, of hemorrhaging last year, but it wasn't to the extent that UC had to go through, especially when you think about all uh, 10 of the 11 offensive starters leaving the program for Cincinnati. So the fact that UCF is is kind of uh, kind of toiling a bit right now at three and five, zero and five in conference, but they enter this game with a sixty percent chance to win. They are hungry for a victory, and they have one of the best rushing tacks in the country, and that's what headlines this game for me, Dom. If UC's defensive front gets gashed like it did against Oklahoma State, if they give up another three bills on the ground, well, you can assuredly, assuredly stick a fork in any chances of winning a game this week. And it's very possible that could happen, Dom. This is a better rushing team depth chart up and down than Oklahoma State was. Oklahoma State has the best runner in the nation, and UCF has arguably the best stable of rushers in the entire country. We start there because they have, Dom, five players, or excuse me, four players averaging 5.5 yards per carry or more, 5.7 yards per carry or more, I should say, including a wide receiver with 11 carries for 150 yards, and, uh, and zero scores. They have our RJ Harvey headlining the running back room with a 5.7 per yard, yards per carry average on 126 carries. And then John Reese Plumley, dual threat quarterback. He's averaging 5.7. And the lightning to Harvey's thunder, Johnny Richardson, averaging 7.3 yards per touch. If UC cannot slow down the rushing attack this week, Dom, then they have absolutely no chance. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be a little different. Um, at the end of the day, when we like I said, we go back to Oklahoma State. Um, Gordon just a, he's a monster, man. I mean, um, he showed these guys. It. The Bearcats front, the defensive front, has seen a lot of these players from last year and the year before that. So yeah, so I mean, I feel like it's they going against they twins. That's what's going on right now. They just, there you go. There you they go. Battle, it's they going against themselves. So uh, we know both teams are running the ball well. Uh, but it's going to be all about passing. I mean, you can have a well-oiled running machine, but you got to be able to pass the ball. You got to have it balanced out. And if a team has more rushing yards than you, you better have more passing yards than them um, just to get that balance. Because if you don't have that balance, man, um, things can be – because the passing game, what it does is open up the explosive plays. If you don't get no explosive plays and you just chugging along, during that drive, there's going to be some mistakes. It's going to be a holding. It's going to be a false start. It's going to be someone making the wrong block. Someone make it's going to be mistakes, and that passing game helps, um, help help with the mistakes. We're getting them explosive plays, and I think it's going to be a battle who who could throw the ball. That's what it's going to really come down to. We both we know both teams can run the ball. We know both teams have a great running back room. Um, it's just a question of who's going to air it out. Who's going to make plays in the air? Who's going to make them explosive plays? And I think this week with the defense, um, you Bearcats defense, I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to hold them, um, stay strong. It was just they – we got to give Oklahoma Oklahoma State credit when it's due. They 
they they they can they got a good running back, they got a good line, and overall they just a gr- a good team. So and they uh, kind of broke their will a little bit last week. Like I think in most normal sixty minute games, Dom, you're not going to see a team put up three hundred seventeen yards on this defensive front. But I, I mean, you're human. They're humans, man. And when you are down thirty points, you're down three scores late in the third quarter on a cold night in Stillwater, Oklahoma, crowd roaring. Like it's it's going to be very difficult to keep your energy up and keep wanting to pound the pavement to stop running backs and stop the bleeding at that point because you know you know at that point, Dom, that with this offense, there's no hope. There was no hope on Saturday for a comeback. Zero chance of a comeback with how bad the passing game is and how little they're willing to pass the ball in the first place. I mean, it sounded like Scott Satterfield uh, portrayed a little bit of Emory Jones was not wanting to throw the ball as much as they maybe needed to in the first half and in the third quarter because of he wasn't comfortable with the throwing motions. He wasn't comfortable with the rain, with the, with the weather, all that stuff. Like they can't, they can't run the ball 75% of the time. No. It not happen. I'm all for pounding the rock and leaning into what you do well, which that's the best thing this Bearcats team does in terms of running the football. They are, like I mentioned, top 20 nationally and um, unfortunately not as highly ranked in terms of EPA per rush, 53rd overall. But like you can't you can't throw the ball 50, 25% of the time. You cannot do it. You're just too easy to defend. You have, you're relying on too many explosive running plays in that instance, i.e. the only touchdown they scored being an explosive rush. you got to be able to pass the football. And I, I think they should be able to. There is no excuse to not be able to get at least some kind of play-action game going against a UCF defense that, yes, the Bearcats dropped heavily in their defensive metrics on the ground with last week's performance against Oklahoma State, but they're still – in terms of rush defense, 46 nationally in EPA per rush allowed. The UCF Golden Knights are 127th among all 133 FBS teams in EPA per rush allowed on defense. They gave up big plays of plenty. They give up consistent rushes. This is a game where you can control the pace and control everything on the ground, but the Bearcats have done that before. They've done that this season. They've controlled the time of possession. They've controlled the pace on the ground. They haven't been able to make enough plays in the passing game, and that's just... That's where I have serious, serious questions about whether or not the 126th, the 96th ranked um, offense in drop back EPA in terms of UC is going to be able to get this done against UCF, who has decent, decent passing defense, but not very good, like compared to the rest of the country. 94th overall in EPA per pass allowed. This is once again, another opportunity for the UC quarterback room to make some plays with their arm we'll see if they can get it done it's going to be very interesting one thing i would say is i'm expecting points dom any way you cut it i'm expecting points these two ground attacks are too good to not get in the end zone a few times i think john reese plumley is the clear-cut best quarterback honestly maybe the best player in this game he's the highest graded player on ucf's offense at around an 84 85 grade this season i think he's going to be able to put up points with ucf and i'd be eyeing that over 59.9 or excuse me over 59 and a half uh total on the on the um point total in this game if you're going to be betting anything since he like i mentioned the defense has just been so bad we've touched on it all year 131st in big plays allowed on defense it's just not good enough giving up way too many explosives and i think ucf is going to be able to put up enough points to ultimately help cover the total and cover their own spread give me use give me ucf 33 27 over the Bearcats. They get the job done. Dom, 
Who do you think's going out on top in this weekend's matchup at Nippert? Oh man, you know this is hard for me every every week, man. You know, Bearcat, born and raised, Bearcat blood. Uh, it's hard for me to go against my Bearcats, man. But this week, oh man, just let me vent real quick, man. I just feel like if the quarterback play, whoever plays make the throws, make the explosive plays, and the defense, DBs, somehow come with some turnovers, some interceptions, make some big crucial stops, stop the explosive plays. Yeah, we never talked about that, really, Dom. Last week was their first interception in conference play. Last yeah. week by Jordan yeah. And that's and that's and as as that you need those as a coach, you need those turnovers, especially when the ball it's a 50-50 ball. We gotta get one of 50-50 ball. You turn a 50-50 ball into a 90% ball. I mean, you can't have that. So I just feel like if UC could come out here, DB step their game up, make some turnovers, uh, quarterback, whoever's in, make some completion, make some throws, and be able to throw the ball over 20 times and have at least 16, 15 completions. I think it's going to be in our favor, in my opinion. Right. It's going to be in our favor. So I'm going to go with UC once again. I'm going to go. We got to score some points. We got to score some points. So I'm going to go 35-33. I think the game going to be close. But right. at the same time, if we do those things, we got a shot. We got a chance to win the game. I say that every week. I just hope my Bearcats hear me. I hear my fans hear me. God, please help me out. <laughs> Let's get a dub. We need a dub. I need to come to a Bearcat game in the nip with a dub because I hate leaving. With he a, hates with a those lot. L's. He you hates know? those L's. Dom, you heard it from Dom's mouth to Bearcats fans, hopefully anticipating years. They are going to love to hear that, and they'll love to see the prediction come true if it does on Saturday. For Dominic Goodman, I'm Russ Heltman. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. Six Ritter to the end zone, looking for Pierce. Did he hang on? Yes. Touchdown. Back as I've been around. Here he goes again. Busts free. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot